I'm delighted to welcome this morning Dr Victoria Baxter who is a clinical psychologist specialising in relationships with food. So welcome Victoria. Good morning, thank you for having me. So um, that's the first clinical psychologist I've come across who specialises in such a niche area. Um, a lot of them all will be that I've interviewed are talking about sleep or or um, child childhood trauma this sort of thing. So so why food? Tell tell us your story about uh, how you came to specialise in food. Yes, it is. It's it is from a bit of a personal love of mine, really. So I, I suppose yes, hearing you talk about clinical psychologists in general, I. I also do all those things as well. <laughs> so as a clinical psychologist, we do have a very kind of broad area to work with. Um, however, yes, for this particular, my, my new kind of private business venture, I chose to specialise and hone in on relationships with food, let's say based on um, my own personal journey with food. Um, so I've been a clinical psychologist, fully qualified since 2013, but I've worked in clinical psychology in the area for well over 10 years now. Um, and my day-to-day -day practice has always been on more wider well-being, mental health, things like um, helping people with childhood trauma, things like that. And also in, I have quite a strong background in physical health and chronic pain specifically. Um, so I have my work life going on and have done for like say 15 years or so and then alongside that obviously I'm a person I'm a lady who um has spent getting on for 20 years now um dieting and the two have always like I say kind of gone along hand in hand um you know been or, or been separate parts of my life but just very both very important parts of my life so looking after my well-being through dieting has always been my approach to trying to manage my weight um so i am what you might call a chronic weight watcher um in particular and then it was last year so i had a little girl in 2017 my first my first child and I don't know if it was something about that that just changed my mindset, kind of changes that, that you at the core really as to what's, what's your priorities in life. Um, and it was last last summer, so summer of 2019, when one day I almost I just kind of had a light bulb moment with myself where I was working out for the umpteenth time how I could possibly justify it to myself to have what I wanted to eat on this Saturday night. So my husband and I were going to um, have, I nearly said treat ourselves then, which I'll, you'll realise why that's a poor choice of words in a moment, uh, but we were going to treat ourselves to a takeaway for a Saturday night and I wanted whatever I wanted for the takeaway and a, um, to share a bottle of wine or something. It was just kind of like how we might spend our Saturday evening when our little girl was in bed and we weren't going out. And I found myself just doing this incredible amount of maths to try to make it work, you know, counting up um, calories here and thinking about um, my activity the next day as to how that could offset the calories and all this. And I was getting very stressed about it. And it was actually my husband that pointed it out to me and kind of said, what are you doing? Look at yourself. <laughs> are you there, pen and paper, like all this maths? He's like, just oh, just eat what you and he, and he said to me, because obviously he knows me very well. He's like, it doesn't make a difference. You're gonna order what you want to eat anyway. Why are you doing the maths? And I was like, you know what? You're right. And and it was from that moment on that I kind of like um screwed up the paper with all my scribblings. And I was like, I'm just gonna order what I want. I'm gonna stop worrying about the math side of it. There's got to be a different way to do this because I'd always 
gone back to slimming clubs. I've tried a few over the years, different ones, all sorts of different diets, always gone back to those knowing that they worked and they have always worked for me. Um, I've always lost weight when I'm kind of on a plan. Um, so I've repeatedly gone back to the same thing over and over again. And say this moment on that Saturday night got me thinking, you know, this, this counting maths, maths approach to it all has worked, but clearly it's not worked long-term. Look at me now, you know, I was the heaviest I've ever, I'd ever been at that point in my life. And I'm thinking if I have been doing this, this mental agility around food for 20 odd years, and yet here I am and the heaviest I've ever been, it's clearly not working. Um, and that's, so like I say, I just thought to myself in that, that evening, right? There's got to be a different way for me to look after my health because that mental maths has just got me really stressed out. And, and I, you know, it, it's the theme of my life. When, when I'm on one of these plans, it, it dominates your life. Um, my friends and I, I've got some good friends that we exercise together, but we find ourselves doing the exercise, talking about the plans and talking about the numbers and, and doing it because it, we know it's gonna earn us the glass of wine later and things. And it's like, that's actually pretty crazy because the reason I exercise with friends is to spend time with my friends. And yet um, here I am, you know, all, all of us, we're all, we were all into it, you know, kind of like almost like indoctrinated into this way of thinking. So that's where, that was the turning point. I thought there's gotta be a different way. So from that day on, I remember kind of like the next day researching online about nutrition and just trying to do my own, I say bits of research Um, started listening to podcasts as well. Um, I really, I'd never really got into podcasts before, but it really sparked my interest and was listening to a lot on nutrition and also on kind of food psychology. There's some, some um, great psychologists that do podcasts on this topic and realized after listening to all this and getting informed, I realized that A, I knew what to eat. You know, there was no, oh, there was no magic moment of reading something that I'd been missing out of my diet that was going to be the answer. I knew what to, how to eat healthily. But also I realized that the mindset that I'd carried with me for 20 years from diet culture was possibly actually um, harmful to me in a way, you know, or it was detrimental to my, to my goals um, because everything I was reading and learning about, I know, and I also spoke to a few colleagues in the NHS because I still have a bit of an NHS tie. So I spoke to colleagues in the NHS in weight management services and a nutritionist that I know. Um, and they were, I was shocked. I hadn't realized this, but I was shocked to learn that they are all very anti-diet. And they were like, oh yeah, we would never recommend someone goes to a slimming club. Um, you know, it's all about moderation. It's all about learning this for yourself and about putting it into place in moderation. Um, and that, like I say, really took me back because I hadn't realized that that would have been the NHS standpoint. Um, even though, because I know actually you can get into certain ones on a GP prescription service. So to hear from actually qualified nutritionists that they wouldn't necessarily support that was really interesting. Um, so yeah, upon learning about actually how they promote um, health and well-being and weight management, what I realized was they were talking in lines of the ways that I talk to clients when I talk to people about um, overcoming trauma or dealing with mental health um, and um, managing physical health conditions. They were all talking in a language that was just right up my street. And I was like, this is, this, this is what I do every day with people. Um, and I realized like, gosh, I really need to start listening to my own advice here and, and applying it to my relationship with food. So 
you can I, I started to draw these parallels and realize that I sit with people and help them with relationships with themselves, with their own emotional well-being, a relationships even with others, you know. And I thought this is just an extension of that, you know, and actually, yes, relationships with food has come up occasionally in my mental health work with people where they've raised it as, as something that's affected their mood. We've looked at that too. So yeah, um, that's where I was just like, right, well, I, I think it's pretty clear what I need to do is to kind of be looking at my own um, mental agility in terms of um, how I think about food. Um, and there's a particular therapeutic approach called acceptance and commitment therapy. That came to me, I, I really kind of fell in love with this approach during my time with, within a chronic pain service because um, as the name suggests, it's, it's all about helping people to be able to fully accept and, and acceptance being an active psychological process that we have to do. We have, it's very hard to turn to accept something that we don't want but it's about helping people accept a reality that might be different to the reality that they would, would prefer to have and then make a commitment and take committed action to be open your life and live in line with what matters with your values despite what it is the challenges that you may have to take along with you so this approach which we know is act it's just shortened to act um, has a huge evidence base in physical health. It's got a growing evidence base in mental health and in relationships with food. So it is the principal therapy that's used in weight management by the psychologists in weight management services. And it includes things like mindfulness, um, like I say, being um, connection with values, helping people to become that more self-aware and, and more accepting of their experiences as a human being, really. Um, so this is the approach that when, when I was hearing nutritionists talk about things like listening to your body and being guided by hunger and fullness cues, this is where I'm thinking, this is what I do with people. I help people reconnect with their body, listen to their body and be guided by what they need in, in any given situation. So it just made the natural sense for me to start yeah, practicing what I preach a bit more. And um, it gave me a kick up the bum with my own mindfulness practice and such, because that's something that, you know, I've always valued and tried to keep up with. But, um, and then from there, I say I've done, I kind of took to that approach myself personally over the, the back end of 2019 then, and just couldn't stop smiling about it really. And realizing as well that it meant I just felt so free. I felt free from kind of diet culture, free from diet traps. I was, so I was no longer following any, anyone's plan. I was eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. But the difference was that what I wanted to eat had drastically changed because upon becoming informed, upon real, I was learning things I'd never learned from diet. So learning things like actually what it means, the word whole grain means, what that actually means and why that's so helpful for us and so of course when you learn this stuff it's like of course I want to put that in my body instead of the white stuff whereas before I'd known that it was better that's all I knew um, <laughs> and that was not particularly a motivator um, so in kind of like yeah researching stuff I might want to eat my diet drastically changed for the better and I, I was certainly having much many fewer takeaways beforehand literally for 20 years I would kind of be able to fudge the rules slightly of a diet to enable me to have a takeaway when, when I wanted, because I kind of felt like I needed that treat at the end of a hard week or something. 
now, this is what I was saying about, I was using the word treat last year. Now, if I have a takeaway, I'm very aware of how that's going to make my body feel. I'm probably going to feel rubbish the next day. It no longer feels like a treat, but it's something I still, I genuinely enjoy the taste of some curries and I just don't think you can replicate it quite the same at home because you don't have the same nasties to put in <laughs> for a start. Um, so I will enjoy something like that, but probably not very often because I know that I'm going to pay for that with like a food hangover the next day. And on the odd occasion, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that um, in the context of a wholly balanced diet. And, and, I've, and like nutritionists have agreed with me on that. Um, but it is now just the rare occasion, but the freedom to know if I want that whenever I want, that's great. Um, but genuinely, when I stop and listen to my body, more often than not, it doesn't want that. My body will want something that's going to give me energy or want um, lots of, yeah, lots of veg usually, um, protein. I also learned that I'm drastically low on protein. I hadn't realized that um, when I um, worked out the recommended protein amounts and and how little I'd been eating. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of like, it's just amazingly, it's been such a boost to my mood to have this freedom to kind of know that I can be, if I fancy something, I'll have it. Um, and then there's also, um, some great skills that are contained within ACT specifically that can help us in those moments when maybe if we start to be curious to our mind and we notice that I'm fancying like high sugar foods quite a lot at the moment and, and by being curious as to what that's about you might really might link it with maybe a period of stress or um, maybe something physical hormonal going on and by having that ability to stop and pay attention and be a bit more aware and a bit curious to your mind. Um, you might sometimes think, actually, I'm not gonna just go with what I fancy on this occasion because I have had a lot of like highly sugary, you know, not particularly nutritious foods for a number of days running. So I might stop and, and just kind of what we call surf this urge. And, and that's where things like mindfulness can come in to help you surf an urge and also to kind of like open your mind to other ways of being able to maybe soothe an emotion if it is an emotional craving that you're experiencing. Um, you know, ACT would encourage you to have a bit of a repertoire of self-care things that you can turn to. Um, so I know I've started having a lot more like baths and stuff than I've ever used to before because I've always enjoyed a nice bath, but I've maybe always been a bit hooked away from it by the, the hassle of it. Because I don't know if anyone else thinks it takes ages to run. Certainly my bath takes about 20 minutes to run. Um, and it goes cold quite quick. And I'm constantly having to sit up and do the taps. And so in the past, as much as I might find it relaxing, I possibly would be thinking, oh, I can't, I can't, I'll just have a quick shower instead. Whereas now knowing that actually, no, I am in a very, in a stressful position and a bath could actually be really important for my mental well-being. So it's worth the time and effort it takes. And then I'm always thankful that I've done it afterwards. Um, so again, it, it's um, it just practicing what I preach <laughs> in terms of well-being, but it's all having such a knock-on effect to, to my relationship with food, and and um, and now I'm seeing that in other people who are who are um, who I'm working with. Yeah. That's a very common um, thing. All the people that I've interviewed for the radio show and now the podcast over the years, um, all of the therapists, without question, have all come to the therapy 
through their own experience, which is a great, great way to do it because you are walking your talk, aren't you? You know how people feel, you know the experience from, you know, from your own personal situation. Um, and it's, it's, it's very often a case of cobbler's shoes, isn't it? You, you're the last person that, you know, <laughs> kind of yeah. stands in line because you're helping everybody else. And um, you, it's almost like you forget about yourself. So, um, yeah, very interesting. And what you were saying about the, um, you know, the self-awareness and, and listening to your body, uh, it's a combination of the mind and the body, isn't it? Because we, we, our body knows what it needs, but we don't listen to it. We, we, we kind of in, it sort of in, intellect comes in, which is, which is stupid. It's a complete anathema because we, we, we go, if we go with our gut and our heart, our intuition, that is always the right thing. But then we go, oh no, perhaps I shouldn't do that. Or like you were, you were getting your maths out, working out your calories, and you know some. some I know some nutritionists who only, pretty much only say calories in, calories out. So make sure the calories in are good, and obviously, you know, if you want any more, you you then have to do your exercise. So it becomes a complete, a complete kind of game, really, doesn't it? And all you're doing is kidding yourself. You're not living your life in balance. So, mm. uh, so good for you. So I'm very pleased that. Um, the cobbler shoe things has gone out the window and you've had a good talk to yourself yeah um, that's excellent so so you're based up in the northwest of England yeah on the, on the file coast yeah okay and do you do you see people in person or do, do you do this on the internet now as many many people seem to be turning to how, how, how does your practice work yeah yeah I do it all over zooms um what one-to-one sessions over zoom I did when I first started out last January and I decided to kind of bring this out into the community I put together um a six-week program managed to do the first one and a half in person <laughs> with a small group um because I think there is something powerful about getting together and working through this kind of approach in a group and I did find that and I'm in just in the process actually of um writing up a um a evaluation of that which hopefully should be published maybe in the new year um for the people that went through the group program but with covid hitting um i managed to run one more group solely over zoom over june and july um but it was just kind of practicalities and such it made it less um kind of yeah practically it was quite challenging so from there i've kind of found that more and more people are just wanting one-to-one -one sessions um what's in the zoom format so that's the majority of what i'm doing i do the odd workshop and such as well um which are usually quite popular especially the emotional eating one is always always fully booked um but yeah normally usually i i would provide people with sessions between half an hour and an hour depending on um kind of the nature of the work some people are just kind of like right hit me with some facts and some and that can be done in a short sharp burst other people prefer to kind of like you know really sit down and explore and go a bit deeper so we might have longer sessions for that kind of work um and yeah just um uh, can can uh, see people for as, as, as short a period of time or as, as lengthy number of sessions as they feel so you're in a nutshell then you're kind of the mind person in terms of the the behavioral aspects of of um eating so yeah. do you link with nutritionists and other people so when when people say to you oh well great fine I'm, you know I'm, I'm shifting my attitude you know i accept where i am what what happens next so where do, where do you point people how does that work yeah i have um, a nutritionist that i work very closely with that i tend to signpost people to for like a one-off consultation if they want to really have like a personalized look at their nutrition 
um and she's been a, a lovely source of support as well for um and she's very good she lets me kind of like uh, pass on questions ad hoc as well for people if it's just little questions here and there um but when i designed the original program i did link in and had a couple of consultations with a nutritionist who kind of has provided some key nutritional messages that's injected into the program so there's a slightest bit of nutritional information in there that I can pass on from a qualified source um, and as well as kind of just her knowledge but she's also provided me with some great resources that are freely out there um, but I know are reputable sources to point people to because there is so much out there things like the British Heart Foundation, Diabetes UK, um, the, the Gov and WHO, you know, World Health Organization websites, all these things are out there freely available for people so it's great to know from a qualified source that these are the reputable ones that people should um, consider if they're looking to educate themselves. So, but you're right, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist myself. It's important to, to clarify that. Um, and I kind of take the standpoint that most people that come to me are probably in my kind of position whereby they know what they should eat. You know, we, we've all been um, through so many kind of, yeah, like, slimming clubs and diet plans and maybe even had personalized nutritional plans and we know what a healthy balanced diet generally most people um, and sometimes it's just the the additional little bit of information from the nutritionist I work with that helps maybe clarify some myths like say things around whole why whole grain instead of white and things like that um, but on the whole people are usually like yeah I know what I should do I'd like some help in consistently doing it and that's the thing is that this is about consistent lifelong attitude change and behavior change. And that's very different to diets that work in the short term and that can give us a great buzz in the short term. Um, and we do tend to go after that. But this approach encourages people to step away from measuring progress by numbers on a scale or even by um, things like, you know, some people might say, oh, well, instead I'd like to look at my clothes going down in size. And I kind of really encourage people to dig deeper than that, to kind of ask yourself, why is it that that gives you such a buzz when you're wearing a smaller size jeans? And people often come around to the same few things, which me, it might be around, well, it's because I, I know I'm, I know I'm getting healthier. So I know, and this is my personal driver, is that kind of having a, a waist size of greater than 35 inches is that puts you at higher risk from like um, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, things like this. So personally, my driver is to try and kind of look at my sugar intake mostly, look at my stress management, because these are all things that actually do link with our, our waste and where, where a woman stores fat. And that's my driver is to try and reduce my waste to improve my health. So when people are saying to me, yeah, it's great to get in those jeans again because I look fab, I feel fab. When you dig deeper, it's probably because they feel fab because they know they're healthy and they feel fab because they've got more energy. They feel fab because they go out with the family and they just they're not consumed by thoughts of how they look and they're free to enjoy time with their family. So it's kind of like we can. Those are the drivers that I encourage people to hold on to and connect with what really matters and to be measuring progress as such by. By measuring how often are you connected with your family when you're out and about you know if you can let go of the stride for thinness solely based on that and instead focus on I'm out and about I'm with my family I'm going to connect with them then sure then that's 
that's a great driver. Mm. It, mm. It's the why, isn't it? It's the why mm. people do things. Um, and also, you know, why we don't accept things. You know, we, we're always fighting, aren't we? And people put their head in the sand. And I was interested in what you were saying about uh, most people know what to do. In my experience, they actually don't because um, I've mentored people for years through cancer and out the other side. And um, when I ask people to, I have an online analysis that they can fill in themselves. And mm. part of that is asking what they eat, what they eat, you know, do they have breakfast? What do they, mm. I am a qualified nutritionist um, and, and I, and I re retrained, um, I, don't, I don't kind of go out there as a nutritionist, I'm a behavioral psychologist. So it's, mm. it's, it's what you do, but from a different, it's, it's from a lay, lay perspective, if you like, from behavioral psychology rather than your, you know, your clinical sort of version. Um, yeah. It's all about the same thing, it's about helping people um, from wherever their starting point is and helping them with the why. But the mm. number of people who say, oh yes, I eat very healthily, and bearing in mind I'm dealing with people typically who've, who have a cancer diagnosis, um, they will, will, when they put down on the, on the questionnaire what they're eating, it's horrendous. It's yeah. stuff that's full of, full of sugar, full of dairy. And so few people um, appreciate that sugar feeds cancer and it's the last thing you want to be doing. So, you know, again, it's about balance, isn't it? It's about balancing what you eat. Yes, okay, a bit, a bit here and there isn't gonna make any difference if you don't have a, a, you know, a serious diagnosis, but if you have a serious diagnosis, mm -hmm. you've then got to really pay attention. But again, not everybody mm -hmm. wants to accept. I've had some people who say to me, oh, I couldn't possibly change my, my lifestyle. In fact, um, one of my school friends, um, I've known over 50 years, um, his funeral is next week and it's gonna be streamed on the internet because we, we can't go. Um, mm. Because of you know, the world situation. Mm. But um, he was unable to accept the fact that smoking was not really helpful to him. Oh no, I've been doing it so long I couldn't possibly stop. I've had um, men with prostate cancer say, oh no, my wife makes lovely meat pies. You know, I need to, I need to keep on supporting my wife's cooking and, you know, very glibly talking, but, you know, unless they accept that they have to make yeah. changes, it's, nothing's going to change, is it? And um, yeah, luckily yeah, you, you had this light bulb moment. And, and very often it's when people um, are kind of almost like asleep and suddenly the light goes on, aha, yeah. you know, like it did with you that night, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is, yeah, amazing. yeah brilliant and yeah. um, and it was it was literally kind of almost like a spitting my dummy out moment of like yes. I'm not going to be a slave to this maths anymore yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no brilliant and that's what we need isn't it we need stories we need to hear other people's stories that's why I do the podcast because mm. hearing other people's stories you know we're all human beings like you know like you said at the beginning you've, you've, you've got all this you know qualifications and everything but you're a human being and um mm. The stories are, to me, are so much more powerful than, you know, reading a book sometimes. Yes, we need to read books and we need to hear stories, we need to mix with people, we need to get the balance right, but it has to be when we're ready, you know, but, but yeah. you say, don't they, when the, when, the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've never heard that phrase before, but I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a very old, yeah. old, old school. I think maybe that's something why um, this work that I'm doing, this this new business venture of mine, like say my my um my love food live well work. Why maybe that's why I found it so personally rewarding because people are appearing to me, you know. And don't get me wrong, it, it put a lot of I put a lot of work into kind of like getting myself out there and wanting to share this message. I'm just so excited about it last year. You could not shut me up about it, and um, just kind of 
telling everyone it was a very hard balance of trying not to preach to friends who weren't there yet but it was kind of just shouting about you know I'm not doing that anymore and I'm enjoying myself so much better and I'm losing weight and that's the other thing important thing to mention I suppose is that from this point today compared to a year ago I'm nearly a stone lighter and yet in my entire 20 years of going to swimming clubs I don't think I've ever consistently ended up a stone lighter a year later considering having had Christmas, having had breaks away and things like that, having had loads of time socialising with friends and obviously not maybe in the same way we used to. But don't get me wrong, eating whatever I wanted for a year and yet I've lost a stone. But I've been motivated from a different place, motivation from within. Um, so I have been exercising a lot more than I ever used to. And that's probably also helped with my inch loss, my waist reduction I'm very close to the 35 inches now of my waist so I'm really pleased because the the um benefits for my health will be massive mm. yeah very good so I just want to keep going with that um sorry I've lost the track of what I was saying oh yeah so I, I did I put so much into kind of getting myself out there at the start of the year and now people are coming to me and maybe it's I hadn't really thought about it like that but maybe because they're coming to me and saying I, I'm at this point too we're able to work together really nicely and and said so the skills from the formal psychological therapies that I can bring to that um just seem to match people so well and I suppose that's a bit different to my previous experience as a psychologist where often maybe I had to lay a lot really strong foundation to try and kind of engage someone and tempt them over to this way of thinking um because I was maybe in a health setting where I could see someone really needed to make changes or was really struggling because they weren't able to accept a change that had been forced upon them. And I wanted to help and was trying to reach out, but was kind of, you know, it's it's hard to, to you can't make someone come over to you, can you? No, exactly. We can't we can't make anybody do anything. Um, nor can I mean there's lots of people who who claim they're healers. Nobody's a healer. Our body is the healer, and our, if we give the body the right environment, our body and our mind um, in balance, if we give it the right environment, then it will heal itself. And um, we've only just met, but I'm very proud of you in your story. It's fantastic. So well done. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so how do people get hold of you then, Victoria? Um, I have a Facebook page. That's my main platform. I haven't, I haven't quite branched out to a website yet. So it's, it's Love Food, Live Well love food and then a little comma live well brilliant okay and that's on facebook yeah i'm also on uh, linkedin under my name as well so dr victoria baxter on linkedin brilliant um yeah i am on instagram as well but i must admit i'm not a fan of instagram so as you can tell the marketing side of it isn't particularly my passion <laughs> so um i'm a, a little behind you know i i um try and keep up with Facebook as best I can that's probably the best forum I have in there actually a little group that people might be interested in joining if they just like to have a bit of fun around food it's called it's it's under the love food live well banner and it's called mindful mouthfuls and well, in there we just in there it's just a fun place to be there's a, a lot of people in there who share my appreciation for food and we all share recipes and pictures and I do challenges now and again you know fun games around food focused around food and such and it's just been nice nice place to be really brilliant um and that's also a point to remind um, listeners of my um my facebook group which is the perfect health wellness club uh, we've now got over three and a half thousand members in there so um i'm not wow. sure if you're a member or not victoria but you'd be very welcome to to join so it's um perfect, perfect health 
wellness club it's called so um do find do find that um on facebook or um find yeah. me elaine godley on there and uh, we'll you know join you in so thank you so much for your mm -hmm. um time today um just to recap then three top tips that you would say for anybody who is finding themselves in a situation where they'd like to reduce their waist to less than 30 well 35 inches or less they'd mm -hmm. like to feel better about their relationship with food what would you what would you be your top three tips in top in three in three okay um first of all awareness i'd say is my very first it's like the foundation for any kind of behavior change or attitude change is awareness so it's just about um as often as you can in your day stepping out of autopilot and just connecting with this moment right now and kind of asking yourself how am i feeling so try aiming to kind of reconnect mind and body by like I say stepping out of auto because we're all in autopilot all the time um and just say how am i feeling what's going on and maybe connecting with something around us like having a good listen to what's around us or having having a look around and naming a few things you can see so yeah, if you start to lay down this foundation of awareness, you will then maybe have stand yourself at better stead to be able to listen to your body when you need to. So I'd say putting in like a, a foundation of greater awareness into your into your daily life would be a top tip. There's tons of examples online of how you can apply everyday awareness. Um, secondly, then I'd say to kind of start being curious to your mind around food. So just noticing how your mind talks about food, noticing if there's any kind of familiar themes that maybe are rooted in diet culture. So things like if you find yourself thinking, oh, sod it, I'll start again tomorrow. That's a real clear diet message that of almost like right now doesn't matter. I can put anything in my body right now. And it doesn't matter what effect it's going to have because tomorrow I can be an angel. <laughs> and that kind of all or nothing approach is, is so unhealthy for our mind. It's an unhealthy way to be generally in life, but it's gonna have repercussions on your body if you are kind of yo-yoing like that. So um, just looking out for any, for what your mind says around food, being curious to that and kind of seeing if you can practice an ability to what I could call unhook from your mind. So noticing if your mind is saying something that might be driving you towards something that nutritionally you know you you want to change unhook from it and ask yourself this and this leads into the third tip actually ask yourself no what what matters right now so my third tip would be about working out what really matters so is it that what's underneath all those things that I previously had as my goals what are the values underneath there so why would I want to get my waist down to less than 35 inches well that's because it's going to improve my health in the process i'm probably going to get fitter and more energy i want to be here for my little girl long term so it's kind of like getting connected to what matters is my third tip and you can pull that out of the bag if you're wanting to unhook from your mind and think no what really matters actually no what matters is today i've not really had anything green so my head is kind of like tempting me to go for it tonight and start again tomorrow actually i know that's not particularly healthy i know i've not eaten anything green today and i've certainly not drunk enough water so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to that instead and, and unhook from my mind. So it all comes Brilliant. together. Yeah, <laughs> it all comes together in a lovely balance. Well, I'm gonna have my um, live organic wheatgrass now, which is my green, um, cool. and water and lemon juice and uh, mm. various other bits I've put into my mix. Uh, avocado as well for the protein and fats. So mm. um, uh, off we go. So have a fantastic day and uh, okay. listeners. Um, 
Dr. Victoria Baxter is at Love Food Live Well on Facebook or Mindful Mouthfuls and uh, also my group Perfect Health Wellness Club so you've got plenty of opportunity there to um to listen to tap into and um enjoy yourself and meet some nice people online so Victoria thank you again no thank you very much I've enjoyed this it's been lovely thank you great to meet you bye for now bye then <laughs>